Hello, and welcome to the FM Podcast. I'm Jen Fritz, and I run Fritz Media, a music publicity and digital marketing firm located in beautiful Vancouver, Canada. And this is our very first episode. I'm so excited, you guys. So excited. You have no idea. So, what is the FM podcast, you ask? Well, let me tell you. This is a podcast all about the music industry. Each week, I'm going to talk to a different music industry guest about a different topic, and sometimes it'll be a music industry professional like me, and sometimes it'll be a musician, and uh, sometimes it may be someone who's a music industry professional and a musician, you know? You just never know what you're going to get. You know, I've been working in the music industry for almost 20 years, if you can believe it. And I've seen some really big changes in that time. I've seen the music industry transform into what it is now, which is basically more of the tech industry. And in working with our clients over the last few years, I've noticed that the artists are so overwhelmed by all of these changes. In fact, you know what? Not just the artists. There's a lot of uh, people that work in the music industry as well that are very overwhelmed by all these changes and having a hard time keeping up with everything. And uh, so that's basically the whole point of this podcast. Um, What I want to do is provide some insight into the music industry. And uh, hopefully you might learn a little something and get a little education along the way. I don't know. You might not. But at the very least, I can guarantee you're going to get a good conversation. Which brings me to today's guest, our very first guest. It's Danielle McNeil. Now, Danielle works with me at Fritz Media. Yeah, yeah. It's my show. So I can pretty much do what I want. And if I want to have my colleague on for the first show, that's that's what I'm going to do. And Danielle also runs her own digital marketing company um, called The Social Circle. And Fritz Media recently went through some some changes. Uh, we streamlined our social media and digital marketing services. And, and Danielle was a really, really big part of that. She's uh, Fritz Media's digital strategist. And uh, so that's why I thought she'd be the perfect first guest so that we could talk about digital marketing and music and maybe even explain our new services. You know, again, it's my podcast. So if I want to do a little selling on the podcast, uh, that's what I'm going to (laughs) do. You can't stop me. You can't. Um, And by the way, Danielle is also a musician. She's the lead singer of uh, indie pop group Love Coast. And uh, Fritz Media also worked with her in that capacity. We actually handled the publicity for, I think, two, yeah, two, two of their albums. So she's a client and a colleague. How exciting. Anyway, I hope you're going to enjoy our talk. Here's my conversation with Danielle McNeil. Hello, Danielle. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? You know, I'm not bad. Yeah. Feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty like up there, but we're all right. <laughs> yeah, everything's fine. It's fine. Yeah, that's the motto of 2020, right? It's all good. It's fine. <laughs> it's it's really funny because when I was thinking about doing this conversation with you, I was trying to think about how long we've known each other, uh, and I I couldn't. I, I was like, it can't be like 10 years. How long has yeah. it been? I think probably well. Okay, so I graduated 11 years ago. I went to music school and I was there for a couple of years and then we met. As soon as I moved to Vancouver, which was like, oh, I want to say 2012, 2011, maybe. That so we're like, right. we're like 10 years now. Jeez, just pretty- I can't believe that. Yeah. I remember sitting down with you at like at uh, I, it was some pub that was like across the street from Network where I was working, and we sat down and I was like, oh, I want to work in PR with you. Here's what I've been doing for these random bands, and you were like, This looks a lot like what I do, but sure, let's work together. 
<laughs> oh my god, I totally remember that. I remember that. I just like yeah. it, I just in my head had the I envisioned us like it was like a high top. Yeah, we were sitting in the high top right by, and it was on West Broadway. And yeah, I remember it. Oh, it was like my first real job doing real music stuff, like not just data and in spreadsheets and all that. So thank you. Yeah, because you were at the time working at Network doing like data entry. I was, yeah, in publishing, literally data entry clerk. (laughs) Like that was the title. Super glamorous. (laughs) Oh my gosh. All right. So, so let's, let's go back a bit. I mean, like now you're working more in, in the digital marketing world. Um, but you started, you know, at network, as you said, doing data entry, and then you started working with Fritz Media where you were um, doing publicity with me. And then after that, you went to a, went to a record label. Yeah, it was at Cordova Bay Records and also they have Fierce Panda Canada. So it's kind of the very beginning of Fierce Panda Canada. I think Velveteens were the only signed band we brought on Chersey while I was there. And yeah, I just, it was myself um, and Melissa and uh, Dan Ball from Acres Alliance. You might know him. Awesome band. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a good little crew. Yeah, Michael Burke is fantastic. Jocelyn also amazing. Like they, it was a great little, little team. Um, and then TC Helicon came along, which was a, basically a music technology company in town in Victoria where I live is very well known for technology. And so there's lots of tech companies and a couple of different ones I kind of been poking around with. And then TC Helicon is a vocal technology company, especially just for musicians, for singers and myself as a singer, I got, I got enticed and I I couldn't turn down the job. So I took it. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. And okay. So how long did you work at TC Helicon for? Like about... Just years? under two years, just shy of two years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, my the marketing side of the company didn't pan out and it ended up kind of getting cut. And there's not I don't think there's much for marketing left there. So when that happened, I just decided to do my own thing. Yeah, that's right. And that's that's when we came together because I found out that you left and I was like, oh, hi, Danielle. You know what? I need some help <laughs> again. Would you like to to come back and work for Fritz Media again? Because that would be amazing. And I remember you were like, OK, do I should I run my own company or should I work for someone else? And I was like, dude, just run your own company. <laughs> yeah, no, you were definitely a big, big influence in just being able to do my own thing and like knowing that I would be able to. So thank you for that. But yeah, it was just like I didn't know what I was going to do. I quit with like actually just like no idea. Honestly, I just didn't like the way the culture was running internally and it wasn't for me. So I checked out um, and I decided it was time for me to go. It was a great job. I worked, I was the VAP influencer manager. So I learned a ton about digital marketing from the mm-hmm. top bottom, funnel marketing, stuff that at uh, more on the industry side of music, I probably wouldn't have learned. So it was an incredible experience for me as a marketer. But yeah, it just ended up in the end not being, there's not as much freedom when you're on in a large corporation where I always use this analogy that it's like a cruise ship. There's like a million people. It's like a huge record label band getting approval for one song versus like an indie band making their own decisions. There's pluses and minuses to both, obviously. There's maybe a bigger budget on one side, maybe whatever, but it's a lot harder to turn a cruise ship around than it is a little boat. So yeah, I always always think that when I kind of made this decision to go off on my own is I get to make the decisions and I get to be much more influential in the marketing decisions we make, which means we can pivot faster and be more creative, which is pretty essential 
essential in marketing. No, it is. You have to be fast moving. And and I totally agree with that. Like whenever I've worked for a bigger company, like a major label um, or a big corporation, that's the thing that always frustrates me is the amount of people that things have to go through for approval. Um, And I'm like you. I'm like, okay, that's a great idea. Let's make it happen now. And and we can, which and that's like how digital marketing and, and publicity works in the world we live in right now. So if you yeah, can't that's do that. literally the joy of marketing. And I think it's like we're in a new era for the industry as a whole, especially the music industry, because everything is so digital and everything is just really a different stage than it was even last year, given the year we're in and all of that. So I think that there's just a ton of potential in digital marketing for all artists to kind of hone themselves as more than just artists, but also as digital marketers themselves and a little bit of content creators and all all of that, because uh, the stage is just different. No, it's it's totally true. Now, um, I wanted to talk about a bit about um, our working partnership, Fritz Media and, and your company, which is The Social Circle, or is it just Social Circle? It's The Social Circle. Uh, Right. Yes. Um, I wanted to talk a bit about our our working partnership just because I know we're going to be explaining it a lot this year. Um, So I feel like if we had a succinct way (laughs) to just explain it to people, um, that would be amazing. So just just to get started, um, you work for our company as a digital strategist. So you handle a lot of our digital marketing and social media clients. So maybe do you want to go ahead and explain our our sort of partnership and collaboration? Yeah, yeah. So that explained it pretty well that I'm I'm handling all the digital marketing and kind of digital advertising side of things um, and the strategy in particular. Because when it comes to artists, particularly indie artists or artists who are in the beginning of their careers, it's so important that you understand that you are the owner of your audiences and you are the owner of these channels and that you bring people in to help you strategize and maybe leverage and use them better, but that you never let anybody but yourself own those channels. Because authenticity, you probably hear this a million times if you Google anything about social media strategy, everyone will say authenticity is key. And that matters. Like when you look at your favorite artist page and somebody else is in there talking as that person, it's obvious when it's a buy this t-shirt or buy this CD versus this is how I'm feeling today, you can tell. So we really focus on teaching artists ways to strategize, look ahead, save themselves time and keep the focus on your music without having to become, you know, just an influencer or not just an influencer's job, but an <laughs> Influencer is not what musicians signed up for. It, they signed up to be musicians, to get on stage and to build an audience and to build a fan base. And the audience and the stage is just a little different now. And technology is kind of giving us more stage and more opportunity. So I think that what our side of Fritz Media and coming in and helping out with the social circle, what we bring is just that strategy side of what do you do whole picture with all the different digital tools that are out there for you? And how can we leverage the PR side of your things with these digital tools? So creating ads that make sense, that are authentic, that feel real, that feel like they're from the artist versus ads that are just like clickbait and just saying, hey, check this out. So yeah, I think that's really the strategy is the the real crux of what the social circle brings to our little collab. Yeah, no, it's totally true. And I I know we had a lot of discussions um, when you and I were talking about uh, working together is Fritz Media, we were offering a, a social media management package um, for the last couple of years, and we just didn't really have a lot of people biting on it. But we did get a lot of customers um, or clients that were already uh, using us for publicity that were so interested in um, like social doing uh, social advertising, or even more the strategy side, because they just didn't understand. So that's kind 
kind of where we went with it. We decided to just offer social advertising and um, uh, social strategy so we can keep that authentic voice so it doesn't sell so salesy. And I think that, I mean, there are a lot of clients that do need social media management, but uh, we tend to work with, you know, more indie artists like um, starting out or mid-level. I think that where social media management is useful is your A-listers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just finding ways again to like leverage those channels, D- like even your newsletter. Like every artist has a newsletter, but nobody is asking for anyone's emails. That's your number one fan. If you're going to advertise, you need to be retargeting them in your advertisements. Otherwise, what's the point? If you are currently putting a hundred bucks, even a month into just people who like indie rock music because you're an indie rock band, you're wasting your money. It's not worth it. It needs to be a funnel, has to be something that's driving people back into your audience. And that goes for PR, for digital um, marketing, digital advertising, your newsletter, all of it. It's all one working kind of wheel that should be churning things together, not all just thrown at the wall separately because you have budget to spend. No, 100%. And, and this is why I, I like the way that we've um, kind of reworked the packages that we're offering because it's just your publicity and um, your digital side, uh, your digital marketing side working together, which is how it should be. Like those two, those two things should be working in tandem. Um, and if we if we have it in-house, then it can happen. But but I guess like more to the point, like when I said we're going to be explaining it over and over again uh, this year, I just, I know that you get a lot of musicians that come to you that want to hire social circles. So like, can we maybe explain that part of it and how that just r- runs through? So all of the music runs through Fritz Media. Yeah, yeah. So the social circle is actually more e-com forward than anything. We work a lot with e-com. We work within travel. Music isn't necessarily the niche of the business. So for the social circle, it's a bit more of a corporate model. So we wanted to come up with a way to create a, a more affordable package for artists that focused more on strategy and less on management. You know, for us to take over socials for a travel company that is a brand voice versus a human voice is a lot different. So that's where it comes. The partnership with Fritz comes in is we're able to offer more affordable packages at a better strategic rate for artists to be able to create a holistic digital marketing approach to their whole campaign for the album or single or video or whatever you're releasing. This is similar to, you know, if you had an indie label, I did this a lot with Cordova. Um, You know, we'd work with a a PR person, we'd work with some maybe digital marketing, and it would be a group of subcontractors that were coming together to work on a campaign. So we're just knocking one of those extra subcontractors out of the way and kind of piecing that together for you from the beginning so that you have a whole digital marketing support and not just, again, yeah, the the individual avenues of things that that are getting pieced together. No, that's right. And it's easier for us to like, you know, what's happening on the publicity side, because I can feed you that information. And yeah, it just makes it makes everything just so much easier. That's for sure. <laughs> um, so in in 2021, like, let's like just speak the, in, in the music side of things. Like, where do you see um, digital marketing trends going this year? Like, what do you see? Are you seeing anything like music wise? I want to say it's trends, but I would on it like the all the different platforms are doing so much to control the trends right now. Oh, so yeah. I would say like right now, if you're on Instagram, you have to be making reels. If you're not making reels, you're you're probably seeing your engagement getting crushed. And Instagram has come out and flat. Like they've said, the uh, channels that are performing best are seeing four to seven reels a day or a week, sorry, a week. Um, and that's, in my opinion, totally unrealistic to expect creators to do that much content yes. for one platform. Yeah, literally, they want to see four to seven reels a week. 
And that's like the top indicator of your engagement. And they want to see you use every part of the channel. So that means like doing lives, doing IGTVs, being on stories every day, all of that. So the trends, I hope, will go more towards like, this is the user experience. But unfortunately, I think we're kind of in a weird time where the algorithm is is running it all and people want to hack the algorithm. So then the platforms get more defensive of the algorithm and it becomes a bit more maybe gamified would even be a way. No, I I totally agree with that. I feel like um, a lot of the content I see, I feel isn't really authentic content. I feel like it's a lot of people just trying to to hack the algorithm, which is annoying for somebody who's consuming the content. Like for me, I understand what you're doing, but your normal person that is looking at that doesn't know that, right? So... It just feel it feels weird to me. Totally. But I will say the one thing that always comes through, even if they're not getting like the best engagement in the entire world or you're not like seeing, you know, tons of tons of growth. If you are authentic in yourself, people will follow you. And like, I don't say that to just be cheesy. It is it is genuine. You see it all the time. Somebody posts a big, long post about how they feel about this one thing. And that one post will be the one that gets 800 likes versus everything else. So knowing which hashtags you use, obviously, so that you can get that reach, but just be yourself at the end of the day. I think that's so important for artists because that's what makes musicians influencers in a way, right? It's what makes people want... They are the original influencers. They are just like movie stars, celebrity. It's that kind of idea of inspiration. And so I think there's a space here for artists to really own the changes, the video platforms, the live feeds, all that. I think a lot of people push back against it because it's not the stage. And like, I haven't mentioned this yet, but I've also been in a band. I'm all lead singer. I understand playing shows. It it is not like being on a live feed. It is not. Zoom will never, ever, ever be playing a festival in front of a thousand people, right? It's not the same feeling. But if you can find a way to get a quarter of that feeling, the people that are itching for it right now will show up and they'll be there. Um, And it might not be a live feed. I don't watch artists on live streams, to be honest. I I rarely watch a live stream. But do I watch two hours of TikTok videos of maybe one person singing? I was going to say, I was going to say, just start cranking out the reels because... (laughs) Yeah. Like if you could master a 15 second video, a 30 second video, that might be the difference of not seeing a stage for two years until this whole thing blows over or getting, you know, 10,000 new followers who listen to your music. Yeah, it's tough, though. I mean, you know, I deal this with this um, all the time. We we both do with our clients is the artists just want to be artists. Um, and they I mean, I'm fighting with them all the time to, you know, stay active on their socials. And they're just like, I don't I don't know. I don't know what to do. I feel like it's too much information, blah, blah, blah. And I always say to them, it's like, you might feel like it's too much information or, you know, or, or maybe, you know, you don't want to share that piece of publicity because you feel like it's you're overselling but even just like somebody scrolling by that's engagement to me do you know what I mean yeah like it absolutely is yeah so so even if you're not getting the likes on it because I hear well I just don't get the likes when I post the publicity it's like yeah but you're making an impact by posting it because it makes them think something's happening with your career even if it's just a scroll by right 
Exactly. Exactly. So one of the like main things in digital marketing is converting a cold audience to a hot audience. So you hear that a lot. And the funnel is all part of that. And you're, you're leading your audience from your cold audience being people you've never, ever seen you before. So these people are maybe they're a friend has posted something of yours. So they've looked at it. Maybe they're seeing an advertisement. Maybe they have been, you know, randomly showed up on your Spotify playlist or their Spotify radio. They've never heard of you. Now they've heard of you. They, your song catches them, your video catches them, your ad catches them. Now they kind of funnel more into that warm audience. But once they're truly in the warm audience, they have to see your stuff like six or seven times. They have to have followed you and actually clicked and done all that. So somebody might hang out with your cold audience for like one to 15 views of your stuff. On Facebook right now, I literally looked at this last week and got the analytics from Facebook. 10 point, I think it's like 10.38% of your audience, if you have more than 10,000 followers, sees your organic content. So only 10% of people who follow you will actually see your organic content. If you're under 10,000 followers, it's like 6%, 4%, something like something yeah. like that. Can't remember the exact number, but it was much lower because you have a smaller audience. So Every time you post, think of only 10% of those people are going to see it. The next time you post, it's going to be a different 10% of those people. When you post three times a week, only you know a third of your followers will see one of those posts. They're not going to see it all unless you're paying for it. That's just the world we live in. That's why these platforms are free. It's why you're not paying five bucks a month to be on Facebook. And if anyone tells you any different, they're freaking lying. And unfortunately, this is just the reality of being a musician in 2021. And I don't mean to sound crass about it because I understand the want to be that struggling artist and keep your artistry and you want to not have to fall into this maybe like social media world that a lot of people don't want to be a part of. But this is part of it. This is what it mm-hmm. is. And That's you have to tell them. Yeah. And you have to be willing. If you truly want to make a career out of this, you have to find a way to make these platforms work for you. And it does not mean dancing in every video. It doesn't mean you have to do cheesy things for 12-year-old girls. It doesn't mean that you have to hate yourself for what you're creating. Find the thing that you like creating. And if there's an audience for it, they'll follow it. Hmm. Yeah. And it does start with just being yourself. Like that's yeah. like that's it. It just exactly. that's where it, that's where it starts. That that's that's the core of it all. But I I just feel like because for a lot of artists, they like a lot of the the artists that I deal with, I find they're shy, and they don't want to. They're like, I don't want to post about it. Well, I'm like, yeah, but you're a musician, so <laughs> like, and this is part of it. Exactly what you said is what I say all the time, which is. You're a musician, it's 2021, and this is part of the job now. So if you wanted, if this is what you want to do, then this is this is what you have to do. And I, I'm sorry about that. I I know it's a lot of extra work. I do understand that because I can tell you that my job as a publicist has gotten a lot harder uh, <laughs> in the last <laughs> 15 years. So I agree. But this is part of the job. Like if you want to do it this is what you have to do. You can't be an artist that's not on social media, you know, unless you're like Radiohead. (laughs) You literally can't be anything that's not on social media. Like there are very few services, businesses, anything in this world right now who are, are surviving without social media. I think what people have to remember is social media is free. And there's not many other marketing approaches that you can take that are free. Businesses used to pay millions of dollars a year to put a print ad in a magazine. That's gone. They're putting that money on Facebook now. Like, yes, there's still magazines with advertisements in it, but it is not nearly as easy as just reaching out and touching an audience that can like your stuff and being able to Mm -hmm. find them in the palm of their hand. If you 
you know, do the positive thinking thing, turn, turn the frame of the way you're looking at social media as how can I create this something for myself? There is a pocket for every type of person on social and there's an audience for every type of thing. So it's just finding those people and being able to attract them in a way that is authentic to you. Yeah, no, that's 100% true, Danielle. That's right. I love it. I love it. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, all right. So I think that uh, I'm going to I'm going to wrap this up with um, we have a segment at the end of, of every podcast called Fresh Content. I get you, the guest and myself to to, you know, share what is your favorite music content thing of the week. So since you're the guest, Danielle, I'm going to let you go first. All right. So there's a band called Sylvanesso. I believe they're from, I can't remember where they're from, but they're based in LA now. Um, I actually saw this through Maggie Rogers. She posted it to her story and she just said, hey, go check out Sylvanesso. They're talking about like a very important message on Instagram stories today. So I went over and Amelia... What is it? Amelia Meath is is the lead singer, and I actually had never heard of them the band before this, and they're they're pretty cool, they're pretty sweet. So Am- Amelia's on there, and she's talking about basically what we've been talking about this whole time: how the algorithm is such a gamified thing at this point that where do artists fit in it? Because she was basically saying, you know, I didn't sign up to be a mini content creator; I signed up to be an artist to to mm-hmm. reach my audience. So why can't I reach the people who are following me? This is this is a problem, and I I just think that that's such an important thing to talk it about is. right now because even as it's someone you know I, I like digital advertising I love that I can put some money behind a post and reach people but I definitely want social to be fair and just and and I want artists to be able to reach their audiences that that is something that is so important and if someone's following you they should get your content that I I just don't 100%. why they why they don't so yeah I just thought that was really cool that she was bringing it up and a couple larger artists had kind of picked it up as well so would be interesting to see kind of where that message goes in the next year or so, because we are seeing a bit more heat on on Instagram in particular. Um, you see it in kind of the body movement as well. Um, there's mm-hmm. been a lot around like what can be shown, what gets pulled down, what's what policies they have. And, and that changed. There was an influencer earlier this year who actually um, went right after um, Massimo Masseri. Masseri. He's the uh, president of Instagram. You know, you should follow him. He actually does like Q and A's, and and it's pretty cool. You can like learn some interesting stuff about Instagram through him, Maseri. That's it. And uh, she actually reached him and was like, "What the hell, man? Like, how come I post a picture of myself like this and you take it down, but this chick has the same picture, but she's you know 100 pounds lighter." And you took hers down. What the hell? And he, they changed the policy. So the, that kind of conversation on social, it, it does create waves and it does create change. And I think people have to remember that these platforms are made by human beings. They're, they're made by real guys sitting behind desks and women behind desks who... Mostly. Mostly men, though. If we... Yeah, mostly men. That's <laughs> um, but who don't often think about um, or don't have to be think about or is not mandated to think about um, the repercussions of the button or the notification. If, if everyone's seen that Netflix documentary, um, mm-hmm. and if you haven't, you should. What's it called? I'm afraid of the name of it. The social... Social... The social... Oh, God. We, we're like old people, Danielle. You're younger than me. No, I want to say the- social dilemma. Social, yes, social dilemma. That it? That's it. And and everyone should watch that. Like, I think that'll be one that kids should have to watch in school in like grade seven or eight or something, you know? That's um, true. So, yeah, I'm just interested. It, it caught my eye yesterday. And I'm very interested to see like where that conversation goes as like bigger artists start to talk about it as well. And, you know, see it 
through Maggie Rogers, you know, there's a pool of people around her who would catch on to that as well. And fingers crossed, there's some sort of changes made. I don't think the answer is go back to um, categorical or whatever it is. Um, No, it's never going to go back to that anyway. And it's not the way, I don't think. But um, yeah, I think there could be some less gamified versions of this where you're not getting benefited for using. You shouldn't only have to make, you know, four to seven reels a week. (laughs) Well, you you should be able to reach... Uh, more, at least 50% of your audience. <laughs> like, like, and that's, I would still like you to be able to reach more of them. But, you know, it, it it's just crazy the way it's set up right now, unfortunately. All right. So my thing is, um, do you know the, uh, the podcast Song Exploder? No, I don't. No. Um, well, it's one of my favorite podcasts. And um, it basically just like, they take a song and then with the artist, they pick it apart. Like, how did you write this? And they go through the whole thing with the track, like listening to each track of it. But uh, they also have a Netflix series and season two of the Netflix series just came out and they do the songs Nine Inch Nails Hurt and The Killers When You Were Young, which is one of my favorite songs. And it's really good. (laughs) So it's on the Netflix. It's called Song Exploder. And there's a season two yeah, but it's also cool. a podcast that comes out all the time as well. Oh, if, you, if, you're, if you're a music nerd. It's yeah, cool. definitely. <laughs> that's totally my jam. Yeah. <laughs> I I love that stuff. Um, well, thank you so much for, for being the very first guest on, on the FM podcast. I really appreciate it, Danielle. Is there anything you want to plug before you go? Maybe your website or something? Uh, yeah, you can check us out at thesocialcircle.ca on everything, on all our socials and on our, our website. And no, thanks, Jen. You've always, like I said, you've always been a huge supporter of mine, always someone I've really admired and looked up to and friend and a mentor. So thanks so much for having me. I, I really appreciate it. Thanks, Danielle. We're making <laughs> cheesy smiles right now. We are. <laughs> so much love here. So what a decade of, of banging your head against a desk feels like together, right? Oh, totally. <laughs> and just like gossiping and bitching all the time. <laughs> Someone's got to do it. <laughs> well, that was fun, right? What a great conversation with Danielle. And uh, by the way, we did that interview over the holidays. So if you felt like the fresh content wasn't quite so fresh, <laughs> that was why. I, I really didn't think that went through. I was trying to work ahead because that's what I do. And uh, it just, you know, whatever. It's fine. It's totally fine. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. And if you like the show, make sure you please uh, tell your friends and uh, give us a rating and review in Apple Podcasts. We're a brand new show, so it would really, really help us out. I'd really appreciate it. And we want to thank Vancouver band Said the Whale for providing the theme music for the show. And we're going to go out with our song of the week for the week, which is, of course, from Danielle's band Love Coast. It has to be. That's how we got to go out. From their 2018 album, The Trip, this is The Floor.
Bye. I'll see you next Tuesday.